Praise the Lord. I paid Pastor $5 to say that. And here's Devin trying to bribe me for $15 if I preach 15 minutes. Oh, man. Whew. Is there any other offer? <laughs> God is so good, man. Every time Pastor asks me to preach, yes, sir. I, I don't take it lightly. I just, I always think it's God, um, you know, it's God uh, telling pastor, you know, that God wants to give me a word and, you know, just be available. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be anybody else. We're so unique as individuals. I don't have to be like Brother Johnson. I cannot be like Brother Johnson. I cannot be like... Pastor Windsor, I can just be me. You know, if I try to copy to be like somebody, it won't be me. God called us for a, a specific ministry to be you, to be us, to be me. Amen. And I thank God for that. Amen. I always joke with Pastor Windsor, you know, every time he preaches, he's doing so well at the end of his Sermon. Do you agree? I told Pastor, Pastor, why don't you start at the end of your sermon? Because you're doing great at the end. I told him today when the choir or the praise him, praise him sang Unstoppable Love, I showed him the last page of my note. I guess what? I guess I'm going to start from the back of my notes. You see, this 15, 16, and 16, and 17, we just, we just sang this unstoppable love. You know what's on my last notes? It's the stubborn love. I'm going to preach about spiritual momentum, but I'm going to uh, touch on the last one. You know, there's a song that says stubborn love. Let me read the, the verse or the chorus is that it's your stubborn love that never lets go of me. And I don't understand how you can stay perfect love embracing the worst in me. You know, the perfect love of God works when you're at the worst moment in your life. And how I long for your stubborn love. It's your stubborn love that never lets go of me. You know why you're still here? Why you're still worshiping God? Because of God's stubborn love. The stubborn love, love of God that's never letting go of you. And I don't understand how you can stay perfect love, embracing the worst in me. And you never let me go. I believe I finally know I can live Without your stubborn love. You know what? Let me ask you something. Have you asked yourself, why are you still here? Have you asked yourself, why, why are you still not giving up? In spite of all the worst things that came your way, why do you still come to church? Why do you still lift your hands up? 
Why do you still have the energy to praise God? Why are we still here? We could have given up. You could have been, we could have thrown the towel. We could have backslide, backslid, but we're still here. Why? I asked my wife that. What motivates you coming to church? You grew up in church. You're born in church. I asked her, what motivates you in coming to church? She said she wants to preserve her heritage. She don't want to lose out on God. She grew up in this thing, and she loves God. She loves worshiping God. Because God is so good to her. I asked my son as well. She said she, he loves what he's doing. And he loves God. What motivates you? What is your motivating factor? Why are you still here? Some people say they're here because of the mercy of God. Some people they say they're here because of the grace of God. If may I ask a few, those who are bowing down, those I like to ask. Why, what motivates you, Brother Chris? You're the first one here. This is what I want to do. What he wants to do. Since you're next, brother. The love of God. I love him and, I, and he loves me when I was in sin. And he puts up with me. That's the best answer, the last one. He puts up on you. Because he saved me. Because God has always been there for me, no matter what. We have so many reasons. It is very healthy sometimes to evaluate our motives. Why we come to church. Why, still, why we're still here continuing to fight the battles or still holding on to God. We need to evaluate our motives. Amen. Some, some come to church with wrong motives. Some come to church when they need something from God. Some because they just, there's just nowhere to go on Sunday. That's why they're here. Right? Because it's their duty to come. Right? Some people... Said because they because of the love of God, because they love God, they love worshiping God, right? Where there are so motives why we come to church and why we serve God, right? Any other answers on from this side? Hmm? We are we have responsibility for our kids. Our kids are looking on us. They're looking at every move that we make. They're depending on us, so to speak. If we fail, they fail. We need to be good examples. How about on this side? It's not my message, but. Good answer, Brother Devin. So there are good, some motivating factors why we are here, right? Those answers were good. I'm just going to summarize everything. You can say your motives while you're serving God, but it's going to boil down to what I just said. It's the sovereign love of God. 
It's the sovereign love of God that never lets go of you. No matter how many times you fail God, no matter how many times you've caused Him pain, He still loves you. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. The reason why we are here, because of the unstoppable love of God, because of the relenting, non-relenting love of God, because of His is stubborn love. Oh, you could have been dead right now. You could, have been, you could have been astray right now. You can be somewhere else right now. But because of His stubborn love that never lets go of you, that's why you are still here standing. You are still fighting. You are still worshiping. You are still coming to church because of His is stubborn love. Romans 8, 35 to 39. We just sang it. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? And is it written for thy sake we are killed? All the day long we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things. Nay, in all these things. In all of my problem. In all of my situation. In all these things. We are more than conquerors. Through him that love us. Through him that love us. God still loves you. God loved us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, shall we thank Him for His hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah for your stubborn love. Thank you for your stubborn love. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes. Hallelujah, Jesus. It's your stubborn love. Quickly, I had to look. Uh, go to Google. Google doesn't have all the answers. Stubborn. What is stubborn? Having or showing dog de determination not to change one's attitude or position on something, especially in spite of good arguments or reasons to do so. Stubborn. Did I just de describe you, Brother Lanza? Stubborn? If a person is stubborn, what do you mean by that? You cannot change his mind. He's hard-headed. You cannot change him. He's gonna still. He's gonna stay the same. Stubborn. You're so stubborn. It can be good or bad, but I'm talking about the stubborn love of God that never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, God loves us more when we are failing Him, when we are committing committing mistakes, when we're down to our luck. When we are sick, when we're in trouble, that's when God 
loves us more. I got rid of that. Let's go to my preaching. I'm going to preach about spiritual momentum. In 2 Thessalonians, in 2 Thessalonians 1, 3 to 4. So now I cannot find Thessalonians. It says here, in, I'm going to read in um, KJV and then NIV. It says here, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meant, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. In NIV, I didn't give my uh, son that. said, we, all, we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly. Sounds like there is a spiritual growth going on there. Amen. There looks, sounds like there is a spiritual momentum going on there. Amen. And the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Woo. They love one another. Therefore, we ourselves boast, boast about you in churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. Apostle Paul, Timothy, and Silas, they established the church in Thessalonica. Amen. You know what started that? That momentum. Amen. Looks like they, were, they have zeal and they have diligence. They are evangelistic. They are busy trying to convert people. They edified one another. They are motivated. Their motivation is the love for the souls. We're doing this for the souls. Hallelujah. We're not doing it for one another. We're doing it for somebody else outside this four wall. They have, their motivation is their faith, their love, and their hope. And Paul was thanking them. Thank you for your perseverance. Thank you for your diligence. Thank you for your love. I know that you're enduring temptation or some afflictions or some tribulation. But despite of what's happening in you, you still have that motivate, motivating factor and you have that spiritual momentum. They preach the word of God with simplicity. They preach the word of God with sincerity. They preach the word of God with sacrifice. And then what happened? Hearts were open to its truth and molded by its power. We don't have to be like anybody else. Just preach the word in love. Just preach the word coming out from your heart. Just preach the word with sincerity and sacrifices. It's not you who is saving souls anyway. It's the preaching of the word of God. They preach the word of God with sincerity, with simplicity. Anybody can preach the word of God. It's not you. It's not the preacher. 
It's a word that is being preached that can save the souls. You know what created the spiritual momentum? It's the preaching of the word of God. We just heard great word of God. Two weeks ago, in a full revival, what an awesome word of God that we heard. And that motivated this church. Pastor, it's always saying, I believe God has started a spiritual momentum in our church. God has changed our church. God has changed our leadership. God has changed us individually. There, there started a spiritual momentum because of the preached word of God. Amen. Amen. What is the definition of momentum? Momentum is a force or speed of movement. How about spiritual momentum? Moment, spiritual momentum is an object moving forward at a face pay, fast pace because of the force or the momentum creating the speed. We can hear some leaders, most of the leaders use this popular term. Leaders like to use the term momentum to describe the ease of change because the people are highly motivated to move in the direction that the leaders want their people to move in. That's why I'm preaching spiritual momentum because spiritual momentum has started. We just want to keep it. We don't want to stop the momentum of the momentum of this church. Amen. When you have momentum, even the simplest task can seem to be insurmountable problems. But when you have momentum, when you have no momentum, so to speak, sorry. But when you have momentum on your side, the future looks bright. Obstacles appear small and trouble seems temporary, according to John Maxwell. Is there such a thing as spiritual momentum? I think Christians can experience spiritual momentum when their faith grows at an increasing rate. You are not like you 10 years ago. Your faith has increased. This ever-increasing faith moves the Christians and the church to new heights in vision and purpose that God has for them. Paul describes the spiritual momentum in Philippians 3.14. It says, I press on toward the goal for the price of the outward call of God in Christ Jesus. In KJB says, I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know my motivating factor is, I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God has called me to be somebody. God has called me in the ministry. Some God called me with a purpose. God will not call you without purpose. Everyone has a ministry. Everybody has some, uh, a calling in, uh, in God. Church in the Thessalonica is a model of spiritual momentum. I'm going to uh, touch on four things that created the spiritual momentum in Thessalonica. I'm going to uh, mention it one by one. I asked my, my son to put it. I don't know if he did. 
spiritual momentum was created by the preaching of the Word of God. You have it? No. Thank you. You'll be in trouble later. To save him, I printed it out yesterday. Don't blame him because I just told him this morning. The first thing that's created the spiritual momentum in the church of Thessalonica was the preaching of the Word of God. Do you still get touched if the Word of God is being preached? Does the Word of God still convict you when it is being preached here? Amen. Do you still get that prick in your heart like in the day of Pentecost? When they preach about Christ being the Messiah, the Bible says they were pricked in their heart. God, the word of God touched their heart. And they asked, men and brethren, what shall we do? When they said, the same, the same Christ that you crucified, that's the same Messiah that you're looking for, that you're waiting for. What? They were pricked in their heart. That's why they asked, what shall we do? Then the famous Acts 2.38 came forward. Right? If you get pricked from the word, by the word of God, you're going to react. What shall I do? And Acts 2.38 said, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive what? The gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen? What does Romans 1.16 says about the Word of God? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. What is the gospel? The death, burial, and resurrection. I am not ashamed to preach this. I am not afraid. I am not ashamed to, for people to see that I have the, the Bible in my hand. Amen. But, but because this is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Amen. No matter what, how good you preach the word of God, it is not you who can save. It is the word of God that is pricking the hearts of men and women. Amen. To be saved. Amen. Spirit, amen. I'm, I'm sorry. I believe our fall revival with Brother Johnson two weeks ago or a few weeks ago has changed not only our church as a whole, but also it has changed each and every one of us. It has created and started a spiritual momentum, so to speak. We all hope we all have been changed in one way or another. You know what Brother Chris was telling? There were physical healings. There were spiritual breakthroughs. Miracles, signs, and wonders happened. Financial and material blessings were poured out. People received a word from God. Anointing flowed and hearts restored. Minds renewed. Faith strengthened. Commitment and determination deepened. Amen. That is the first 
um, motivating factor or that what created the momentum is the preaching of the Word of God. Let's go to the second one. See my notes here, sorry, they're crumbled up. It's the power of God. After they preached the Word of God, the power of God came to that church that created the spiritual momentum. Guess what pastor preached last Sunday? He's not even supposed to preach that message. I, thought, I knew pastor was supposed to preach about holiness, but God changed his direction. Amen. Are you happy? Are you glad that we have a pastor who is sensitive to the voice of God, that he preaches what does say the Lord? Amen. I'm, you know, I'm so glad we have a pastor who is so sensitive, you know, even though he has a, a, a sermon um, ready, but he follows the leading of God. Amen. That's your $5, pastor. Amen. And God moved last um, Sunday. The walker, my wife's walker was on top of this pulpit. Sister Janet's uh, brace or Brother William's cane, I believe, were left at the altar. God has done great things. And He will continue to do great things. If we continue in this kind of atmosphere and don't let anything hinder and stop this momentum that was started. The power of God. Pastor preached about Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power. After, God, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Right? And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Amen. We have that power. Amen. And the third one that created the momentum was the presence of God. Presence of God was so deep last, um, last Sunday. After the powerful move of God, it's followed by the presence of God. Wherever the presence of God is, there is power. Amen. That's why we're so blessed that we as a church always have the presence of God in our midst. Amen. Praise God. The number four is a strong confidence of faith. In God. This one right here. Wow. He redeemed himself over there. Strong confidence of faith in God. What's the first one? Preaching of the word of God. Who's that? One who's listening. Thank you, Brother Walters. You're the only one who's listening. Number two is what? Power of God. Who's taking down some notes? Thank you. The first time. The third one. The presence of the Holy Spirit. Fourth one. Strong confidence of faith in God. You can preach that when you're invited to another church to preach. Don't preach it here. Amen. So, I'm going to uh, tell you a glimpse of why I came up with this. Or how God gave me this um, sermon. I, te I texted pastor last Sunday and said, just to reassure him that he was on target on what he preached. 
you know, so once in a while you need to text pastor if he did good in his preaching. Amen. With honesty, okay? Not to get $5 from him, but once in a while it feels good. It feels good to be complimented, right? Pastor, you did so great last Sunday. You owe me $10 now. No, I'm sorry. So you did so great last Sunday. You were on target. Amen. Like I mentioned, pastor was, a, was supposed to preach another message. Amen. But he listened to the word of God. He said, here's my text to pastor. You can see my text uh, from his phone. And it's a word for word. They even shared this to you, Brother Chris, right? I said, Brother Chris, you know what? I knew pastor was supposed to preach about holiness. But he ch God changed his direction and he's preaching about the power of God. I told Brother Chris, you know what? Amen. Uh, if tongues interpretation, this is my text to pastor as well. I said, just to let you know you're on target today, pastor. Before you got up there to call on testimony, remember that? If tongues and interpretation went forth, these were the words God was giving me. Are you ready? Sometimes you, you have the gifts of tongues and you have the interpretation of tongues and you're just waiting for the right moment to give it. I told pastor, if tongues and interpretation went forth last Sunday, these were the words of God that he was giving me. My power and glory are here right now because of your worship. Remember how we worship God before pastor stood up? You know, because of our worship. I have the power in heaven and in earth. I have all the power over all the power of the enemy. Stop doubting. Maybe there's some who are doubting. Stop doubting. Stop having fear. Stop trusting in yourself. Stop trusting in the world. Start putting your confidence in me. Start putting your confidence in me. That's why I, there was a preach word of God by Brother Johnson. Pastor preached about the power of God. And then the third one, we have the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And now I'm preaching about the strong confidence of faith in God. That was started this message is God was telling us, start putting your confidence, start putting your confidence in Him. We need to have a strong confidence of faith in God. No matter what we're going through, just like the church in Thessalonica, there were persecution, there were tribulation, there were things they're trying to hinder the work of God. But they have strong confidence of faith in God. And that what will keep our momentum. That's what will maintain our spiritual momentum. We always have the preach word of God. We always have the power of God. We always have the presence of God. But what will keep us keeping on is the strong confidence of faith in God. Do you still believe God? No matter what you're going through. Maybe you didn't hear me. The fourth thing says, stop putting your confidence in 
God. Psalm 118 verse 8 says, It is better to put your trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thy own understanding. In verse 6, In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. In every decision that you make, you must commit your ways in him. You need to acknowledge him. Romans 15, 13 says, May the Lord, the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, stop doubting. Stop having fear in your life. Start putting your confidence in God. You, not, you cannot fix your problem. Only God can fix your problem. Why worry about things we cannot change? Put your trust in God. Why don't we clap our hands to God right now? Oh, just thank Him for all the things that He has, hallelujah, brought you out. Amen. Oh, yes, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Spiritual momentum is maintained by standing strong in the face of struggles and obstacles. And this is the cause of our mentioning you with pride among the churches of God for your steadfastness. Steadfastness means your unflinching endurance and patience. And your faith, firm faith in the midst of all the persecutions and crushing distresses and afflictions under which you are holding up. Christians and churches maintain spiritual momentum when they hold firm and do not fall away from the vision that God has given them even under pressure. Even under pressure, you still believe God. There's going to be some resistance. There's going to be some obstacles along the way. Away, but don't worry about it. Keep trusting God. Hold on to His word. Amen and amen. I'm going to skip some of those. The local church will not grow without their faith growing at increasing levels. There is a direct relationship to the growth of the church and the growth of the faith of the people in the church. Doesn't matter if the pastoral team or the leadership has strong faith. But the congregation doesn't align their faith to the vision or they don't have faith. It's not, nothing's going to happen. We need your, um, we need your support. Amen. The, the faith to grow the church is to, the faith of leadership and the faith of the membership. Spiritual momentum, like I said, is created by an, by an atmosphere that includes what? The preaching of the Word of God, the power of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and a strong confidence of faith in God. Amen. This momentum can be maintained by the church not quitting on the face of opposition. You know, I was a teacher before, right? Let me be a teacher for a few moments over here. Who loves physics? Brother Chris loves physics. Amen. Son, can you put the first Newton's law of motion? Wow, that's a big thing. Newton's first 
law of motion. I'm going to get somewhere here, right? Maybe my other son Isaac here knows this one, right? I have two Isaacs here. Newton's first law of motion. I just kind of summarized it. It says, because I taught Newton when he was studying in school. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not that old. <coughs> Maybe my wife. No, I'm not sorry. <coughs> Newton's first law of motion. Unless acted upon by force. By Ray, do you have a ball somewhere? Unless acting, acted upon by force, an object at rest will stay at rest. Right? And an object in motion will stay in motion. Do you have like maybe a few seconds to grasp that, to think about it? What Isaac Newton, first law of motion. Amen. I'm going to wait for Brother Ray. In other words, unless someone or something does something to change things, Something that is stationary will stay that way. And something that is moving will keep going or moving. Amen. For example, this ball. There's no ball. Oh, sorry. Oh, for example, this ball. See, I love teaching. I applied at Loudoun County in 2000. I didn't get the job. Sorry. Okay. Hey, stay put. See that ball there? It's at rest. Brother Johnson talked about it. I kind of just kind of said there were two types of uh, energy. The potential energy and the kinetic energy. The potential energy is the stored energy in that ball. The kinetic energy is when that ball starts moving. It's going to be scary if that moves without applying force to it. I'm going to run if that moves. <laughs> So that, according to this law, this ball, who is, which is at rest, will stay at rest unless a force acts, upon, acts on it. Right? You see? Just like us there. We're here right now, right? The spiritual application. Is that? Series is asking me wherever you are, that's where I am. I'm sorry, Pastor. <laughs> you see, I lost my momentum right there. <clears throat> Where I am at? <laughs> Let's go home. <clears throat> no, so, 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 <laughs> this ball, just like us, we're hearing the word of God right now, right? We're here, right? You know, the best preacher can be here preaching the word of God. But if you don't let the, the word of God touch you, move you, it doesn't, you know, affect you, influence you, nothing is going to happen to you. You will leave this here the same way that you came in and even worse. Because you don't let the change, you don't let a force, you don't let the word of God affect you. Amen. This ball will stay here. But what happens if I kick this one? You let the force change you. Okay, it's just going to go on. Amen. An, an object in motion will stay in motion. Why did it stop? Sorry. Why did it stop? Because it hit something. 
an outside force hit it. Amen. You will keep moving until an outside force acts upon you. If there will be resistance, there's going to be friction. There's going to be struggles along the way. There's going to be problems. You're serving God. You're serving God. You have the spiritual momentum. I want to serve God. I love God. I love coming to church. I love worship God. I'm going to witness. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I can be the best Christian I can be. You will keep moving in straight direction. You will not stop. Until you let the resistance or another force stop you. Amen. That's why we need to keep that spiritual momentum. What can keep the spiritual momentum? Keep praying. Keep, keep fasting. Keep reading the word of God. Keep soul winning. Keep doing what you are doing. Don't let the problem of this life stop you. If we, my wife and I, my wife and I have been through all these things for the past 20 years. We could have let these pressures of life stop us. Every area hit us. I'm not going to mention everything, but you know our testimony, who are, how we've been through fire. That's a testimony right there. Sickness after sickness. Operation after operation. Spine surgery after spine surgery. We could have given up, Sister Brooks. But sorry, you forgot my ice caramel macchiato. You see, we could have given up. Everybody could have given up. Brother Lee, maybe. It came, it came in your mind, you could have given up. What, why this happened to you, right? To Sister Brenda. Why? We have so many questions. Why? Why did God let me experience this? Or why am I still experiencing this? He could have given up. But the, he let the preached word of God affect him. He let the power of God affect him. He let the spirit of God affect them. And now they have strong confidence of faith in God. you know why they're here? Because they still believe in God. They still believe in miracles. He, they still believe that God can change people's lives and can turn their situation around. That's the reason why we are still here. We still believe. We still believe. Amen. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Hallelujah. What's my point all, for all of this? We are just like this ball. While we may get off to a great start, we encounter resistance. Hardships and difficulties get in our way and we lose our momentum. Some folks even come to a stop spiritually. And then it's hard to get them started again. They would prefer to stay put, stay at rest. Many of us were energized through our four-day fall revival. Right? God's Word and the Holy Spirit have been a force in our lives to get us moving in the right direction. While some of us, listen, may have not encountered much resistance yet, 
others of us have already felt like throwing in the towel. Pastor, we just came from the revival. Brother Johnson said, you know, that's that, that prophetic praise. We're, we're pumped up. But a little bit of resistance, a little bit of friction, you let the ball stop. You haven't even, you know, experienced much resistance. You are already giving up the towel. We get off to the great start, but then life hits us in the face and we lose our momentum. What happened? We slow down. We change direction. If we aren't careful, we stop all together. Let's just not finish this. 120 already. What are the things that can stop you, sister? I know you have a great faith, sister. Uh, sister Zeller, sorry, sister Walter. What do you think? Something that can stop your momentum right now, if you let it. I know you're not gonna let it, but what may stop you from coming to church and just throwing on the towel and just say, "I give up"? What would that be? A, a heartbreak. I can stop you if you let it stop you. What else? I'm, I'm closing. I'm closing if the music team will come. What do you think? You know yourselves more than I do. If that thing happens to you, would it stop your momentum? I know my answer, but I'm not going to tell you. If that something happens to you, it's just going to stop you from everything you've done. You've been serving God for a long time and that thing happens to you. What would that be, Sister Brooks? And imagine. Brother Mark, there are two Marks over here. What can stop you from coming? Sickness, maybe, or nothing. They don't have force. What can stop you, Brother Joe? Now you've been through a lot just like me. When I was with you in that hospital, you almost like gave up, right? You got sick over and over. But why are you still here? Why you're not letting that one thing stop you? You trust in Him. You know why Brother Joe is still here? He trusts in God. It's not, he's not letting trouble stop his momentum. And we need to do the same thing. Shall we stand? It boils down to that last thing. Strong confidence of faith in God. That's a great answer, Brother Joe. Strong confidence of faith in God. That will keep our, our momentum right there. If the frictions of this life, resistance of this life hit you, have strong confidence of faith in God. Nothing can stop you. You have the power in you 
God is not only with you, but God is also in you. And above all, I'm going to go back to the first thing that I started this. You may have a strong confidence of faith in God, but actually it is God's stubborn love that never lets go of you. About to give up, God's love is going to come. I still love you. I still love you. I'm going to cause my spirit to dwell in you so you can still go on, keep on keeping on. Trust in me with all your heart because I love you. I want you to make it. I am with you. I've been with you. I have never left you. I have never forsaken you. You might think that I have left you. Why is the reason why you're still? Because I love you. I love you even before you were born. I love you when you were still sinners. I love you when you're still hurting me. I love you when you're still causing me pain. I love you if, even though you stopped loving me. I love you.